Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 149 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to recap week 10 and preview week 11 of the TCK Pod Listener League. We also run through plus and negative matchups per position come playoff time for fantasy football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it to the end of the week. Once again, we are pushing all of these episodes this week. I had one extra day, so instead of Thursday, uh, when you hear the TCK pod breakdown, we're actually bumping it to Friday. So uh, we're going to be doing that, and we're bringing back Lucas this week. Unfortunately, Chris could not make it from the commission FFP this week, but hopefully he'll be back next week. Lucas is with us, though. Lucas, how are we doing this evening? We're doing good. Doing good. It is... Thursday night when we're recording, the game is on in the background as it has been the last couple of weeks. We're not going to go into the game right now because by the time you hear this, you're already going to know uh, the um, either happy or not happy ending, depending on which side you're on. So we're going to stay out of that, but the game is on in the background as we record here. Um, We're going to jump into the week 10 recap of TCK Pod Listener League, and then we're going to jump ahead to the week 11 TCK Pod Listener League. preview and in the second half of the episode we're going to jump into our playoff upcoming schedules for fantasy football so we've talked a little bit about scheduling here easy schedules hard schedules we've talked about trade deadlines and everything else we're going to jump ahead a couple of weeks we're in week 11 we're going to jump ahead over 12 over 13 right to the fantasy playoffs 14 15 and 16 we're going to talk about some plus matchups with players some not so good matchups with players maybe that'll influence a trade decision or two in the last couple days or weeks of your trade deadline you can make a move here but especially in the quarterback and tight end position there's going to be some streaming options some drop options and with running backs and receivers you may be dropping some of your studs to play some you know, quote unquote, nobodies or RB threes and fours, because that might be the best move for the particular week. It happens every year. So you can find this information on the website. I'll let Lucas dive into that later on. But for now, we're going to dive into it. Before we get to the playoff stuff, though, let's dial it back and get into the TCK pod week 10 recap and then week 11 preview. For the week 10 recap, I'll start with my matchup. I got a big win over Hyden Zeke, which was huge. Uh, to get us more matched up there, uh, 146-120. Dak Prescott and uh, Dalvin Cook carried my team there, both on Sunday Night Football. Real nice. Real low performances from Jonathan Smith, Matt Breida, Sammy Watkins, Dallas defense, negative one point. Uh, but thankfully, uh, they took me the rest of the way. And for them, David Johnson, negative one points. Uh, no good. I think a lot of people were hurt by that. So I got the big win there. Uh, Lucas, why don't you dive into your matchup from last week? Yeah, I got absolutely destroyed in this matchup. I knew right from the start there's just not going to be a good day. Um, to describe my team, Daniel Jones had a third of my points. That's, that's about all I can say. Uh, I lost 172 to 114 to Pelkey Pelkey in a huge game for him. He's now four and six. He had guys like Mahomes, Henry, Tyreek, uh, the, the somehow relevant Jarvis Landry and Greg Olson. Uh, so... I guess we'll preview my matchup this week, but my team is hurting right now. Uh, but I'm still sitting at seven and three, so it's all good. You built a big lead, which is definitely helpful. But Pelkey, Pelkey, man, coming out the woods, 172, bringing the stick. Nice matchup for him. I will dive down the list here. I'm going to go with uh, our boys at the Commish FFP against um, People's Republic, a big win for the FFP crew. Uh, carried by Golden Tate with 23, Mark Andrews with 23 as well, and the Rams defense with 20 points there. 155 to 104 over the People's Republic. People's Republic had Saquon Barkley with eight points in PPR, but 13 carries for one yard. Not going to get it done. Christian Kirk, six for 138 and three touchdowns for 37 points. Not enough because Cooper Cup had no receptions (laughs) for no yards in that game. Also played Ty Johnson, Vance McDonald, and the uh, Giants defense that didn't do much there. So unfortunately for the People's Republic, not quite enough, but fortunately for our boys at the FFB, um, they get a nice uh, big win after a couple weeks slide there. 
Can you jump into uh, Charlotte, regular Nawa, and dude, you're getting Odell? Yes, yeah, uh, kind of like the my matchup. Charlotte, regular Nawa uh, took over first place this week with a win of 175 to 100. Um, really an all-around solid week. Uh, a couple of low performances of Jamal Williams just because he really didn't find the end zone, but all-around a good week for him. And he kind of left – he left a lot of points on the bench too, but uh, we won't go into that. He played Juju getting Odell kind of a, eh, I get a touchdownless week for all of his roster. Um, and I did highlight that uh, prior, saying that his roster was very boomer bust. So it just obviously was a week that it did not hit. So Charlotte regular Nawa moves to eight and two and in first place, like I said, Dude, you're getting Odell moves to three and seven and what's looking like some chances for the playoffs. Prickly Pears get another big win here. They've been on a on a tear, if you will, uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, we had been mentioning for the last couple of weeks that Prickly Pears was down in the cellar for quite a while with just one win. Took a while to get that first win as well, but had a good roster, just having some bad luck. Well, this week they squeak by the defending champ, Drew Missick, 113 to 107. Both quarterbacks in this matchup went off. Kyler Murray. Uh, over 303 touchdowns for 31 points. And Lamar Jackson, we know, four total touchdowns for 38 points. Zeke and Todd Gurley, uh, one for each opponent, had seven points. Jalen Samuels and Damian Williams also didn't do much, six and 13. <laughs> I'm just looking down his roster, and it was almost identical points all the way down. Waller and Graham had the same amount at seven. Mike Williams and Diggs had the same amount at seven. Interesting there. So the big miscue uh, for Drew Missick was that the Vikings defense somehow – put up zero points, and that was really the deciding factor there. So the Prickly Pears get a nice win, stay in the hunt, and are crawling up from the depths, 113 to 107. And finally, let's get into Nuke Took a Duke and Julio Daddy. Yeah, this is also a very big matchup in terms of uh, staying in the hunt for playoffs. Nuke Took a Duke uh, kind of ran this game quite a bit probably due to Julio Daddy's uh, bipocalypse week he had on his bench. But he won 136-94. to 94. He pl- If he played Darius Slayton, so that's how has good of his week went for him with 34 points. Uh, I don't think he'll be playing him much more the rest of the season. But he played him at the right time and got the win. Uh, Julio Daddy played the Sean McCoy. I don't know if he just was busy at the time of kickoff and didn't see that he was not playing, but he didn't have many other options uh, regardless. So Nuke took a Duke now joins a couple of the teams at four and six. Julio daddy drops down to three and seven. And let's go over those standings right now. So far heading into week 11, Charlotte regular Nawa, the uh, last year's runner up back up at the top. Once again, at eight and two, uh, Lucas, you are at seven and three with Chris. Uh, both of you guys tied up in first place there at seven and three. I'm right on your heels with uh, Hayden Zeke holding that tiebreaker at six and four. People's Republic alone at five and five in the middle of the pack. Pelkey Pelkey, Drew Missick, and Nuke took a Duke. Nuke took a Duke all at four and six. And Prickly Pears, dude, you're getting Odell and Julio Daddy all at three and seven. Now, if you look at this, uh, really. You know, um, those three down at the bottom at three and seven are only two wins away from being right back in the hunt. And if anybody at the tops loses two or three in a row, it's going to even out really quickly. So that's the crazy thing about fantasy. And this is still a competitive league, even though the top is eight and two and the bottom is three and seven. Um, most of the, the middle of the pack there is, is in that six and four, four and six t- category where every week it can flip flop there. So it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, getting a little, getting a little antsy for these upcoming matchups. Um, let's dive into the week 11 matchups here and, and turn the calendar a little bit to this week. I am facing off against the red hot prickly pairs. Hopefully I can slow them down. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dak Prescott, Dalvin cook, Rojo, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel. Um, we talked about this last episode about Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. Right now, I've got Zach Ertz in my tight end slot. I am highly considering going Dallas Goddard. Haven't quite made that move yet, but by Sunday afternoon, I could see me doing that as of right now. Either way, it's going to be an Eagles tight end against the uh, Patriots in my tight end slot. Uh, James White holding up the first flex spot, and then Brian Hill off waivers in the second flex. I'm going to go with the Niners against the Cardinals and uh, Chase McLaughlin 
um, the rookie kicker for the Niners as my kicker. Uh, Brita is out. Sammy Watkins, no thank you. Marvin Jones without uh, Matt Stafford, not going to do that. Alexander Madison, I think I'm good on who I have. Dallas's defense, I'm just going to hold them uh, into waivers and potentially for the playoffs. And Dallas Goddard, again, uh, another option there. For the prickly pairs, he's going to go Josh Allen, Zeke, James Conner, Chris Godwin, Odell, uh, Waller, Miles Sanders, Hunter Renfro, the Raiders defense against the Bungles, and Matt Gay. He's also got Mike Williams, who would be a good start against the Chiefs, and Kyler Murray against the 49ers. Uh, that's probably a good move not to play him. So it's going to be a tight matchup. Right now we're only projected one point differential so uh we'll see what happens there but hopefully i can get by him and stay up in the leader of the pack uh lucas you are in the game of the week it is you versus charlotte regular nawa if charlotte gets by you again this week he's going to have a two-game lead which is massive of course for that first round by if you beat him you're going to hold the tiebreaker and you're going to be tied in first place massive matchup for you uh run us down yeah so i I feel like I've I've been playing for first place for the last like five weeks. I just seem so, to draw. It's a lot of pressure on your players, man. I don't know if they're uh, able to handle it. Well, they're obviously not this week. Uh, so I drew, drew a bit of a QB dilemma. So I had Matt Stafford, and I was gonna take the chance and just kind of wait it out, see uh, like if he's actually gonna play or not. And my opponent actually informed me that there were no quarterbacks on waivers. That's great so, sportsmanship, by the way. I think he wanted to do that just to make me think about it too much. So I've been I've picked up and dropped like three different quarterbacks in the last like couple of days, but it's I just it was a lack of uh, waiver scouting, I guess if you want to call it. So I roll with Mason Rudolph uh, at the time. Hopefully by the time the podcast drops, he has more points than he does right now. We'll just hope for that. Uh, I got Kamara, Fournette, so they're they're good there. Hopefully Kamara will bounce back a little bit. Mike Evans without. Marshawn Lattimore covering him the last time he played Lattimore. Uh, he got zero points, if you guys remember that one. So I expect a huge game. I'm going Cole Beasley. It was between him or uh, Devontae Parker, but we mentioned yes, or two days ago podcast that Parker will probably draw Javis White, so I'm going to stay away from that. Evan Ingram is on a bye, so I am rolling with your start of the week, Ross Dwelly. My man. I got Kareem Hunt in the flex. Uh, he's pretty consistent in terms of just the receptions. Julian Edelman, and I do have Tyler Lockett on a bye, or else probably Beasley would not be in the lineup. And then I got Buffalo defense against uh, Miami and Justin Tucker against Houston. For him, he seems to have quite a bit of an advantage this week. Sean Watson against Baltimore. He's playing Mark Ingram. Your start of the week, Melvin Gordon. DJ Moore. He has Deontay Johnson rolling uh, right now or last night. Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, Amar oh my gosh, I don't even see it. Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper too. <laughs> uh, I mentioned I mentioned last week that his receivers are out of control, and I like I like that he kind of throws them down in that flex. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, uh, I, I don't even like look at it. Sneak attack, dog. That's that whole like oh you know uh, yeah DJ Moore and, and Deontay Johnson. That's not terrible. And then it's like boom, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper in the flex. That's crazy. But Games are shit, a, bro. <laughs> yeah, if I had a uh, by the time tomorrow comes, actually before even tomorrow comes, I, I think I'm taking the L this week and he's going to take a two-game lead. Yeah, well, you know, speak positively. You never know what's going to happen. It's okay. fantasy football, bro. Shit goes down all the time. I mean, sometimes you're sometimes you're crazy uh, favored and it just takes, a, a you know, a hit here and there, man. You never know. I mean, if, if mm -hmm. Mike Evans gets you one of your, like, you know, 12 for 204 or whatever the hell he's been doing, uh, then you should be just fine. Um, you got Pittsburgh and Harrison Bucker as well on the other side. Let's go back to the rest of the league here. I've got People's Republic and Dude, you're getting Odell. It's a you know big opportunity for both of these guys. Uh, a loss here kind of starts bringing them back to the bottom of the pack. Both of them need a win. Uh, for People's Republic, we have Kyle Allen, Carlos Hyde, Tariq Cohen, Chris Conley from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like that. Christian Kirk coming off three touchdowns. George Kittle in the lineup, of course, that will be changed out. Cooper Cup, no catches last week. I assume he will probably have at least one this week. Uh, Tyler Boyd and the uh, Washington squad on defense versus the Jets, and uh, he has Sly as his kicker as well. Um, let's see here. 
he's playing the waiver game on making sure that, yep, so he's going to be picking up a tight end off of waivers there. On the other side, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Mixon, David Singletary, Nuke coming off a bye, Kenny Galladay, Hawkinson, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel, Patriots defense versus the Eagles, and Matt Prater. Can you break down, please, Drew Missick and not feeling my chub, a.k.a. the fantasy football the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast, and again, shouts out to our boy Chris, who was not able to make it this week, but uh, generally on this episode with us, and hopefully next week. Break that one down for me, man. man. Yeah, for Drew, also in the um, sort of the most win spot of four and six, he's rolling with Lamar Jackson, who is in a smash spot this week against the Texans. Todd Gurley, uh, Damian Williams, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, Austin Hooper, who I'm sure he'll change. He's he's been kind of waiting till last second the past couple of weeks to change everything, but I'm sure he'll he has Jimmy no Jimmy Graham's on a buy, so I'm sure he'll find someone on waivers. Juju going right now, and obviously by tomorrow you'll all know that he was out with a concussion. Uh, I didn't see the hit, but it presumably was nasty. I think you were saying uh, Terry McLaurin, Minnesota defense against Brandon Allen. That's a bad play right there. Well. Will Lutz uh, should be a high-scoring game for Chris, who's projected to win by 20 at the moment. Drew Brees, Le'Veon Bell, Nick Chubb, uh, Robert Woods had a good game last week. Hopefully he can continue to do that again this week. Crowder, Andrews, Jacobs, Eckler, Ramsey, and Greg Leg. Greg Leg, Man, I would be worried about Minnesota's defense. They might put up like 45 points uh, by themselves this week. Hopefully they saw, I think Kaepernick's workout is during the first set of games or something I thought I saw, but I don't know. Hopefully they sign him by then so he can be the starter. Dude, you know what would be cool? I mean, just thinking of a, of a competitive team that's looking ahead to the playoffs that could use a quarterback, Kaepernick would be pretty sick on the 49ers, I think. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know. I, All right. If I had to pick, I think the Bucks actually, if I had to pick a team, like if they just get so fed up with Jameis Winston, they might yeah, be like. With that talent and some defense, you know, I heard a stat about the Buccaneers that they have the number one rush defense, uh, at least yards, uh, least yards against per game against the run on their defense. And they have the most points given up in the past. They're 32nd in pass defense and first in rush defense. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they, they're writing the game plan for every team that they face. It's true. I dig it. Let's go in Julio Daddy up next against Pelkey Pelkey. Again, both these guys down in the bottom, but uh, a win here uh, is very, very crucial for both of them. Julio Daddy, Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Philip Lindsay, DJ Chark, Julio Jones, Jason Witten, Duke Johnson, Demarius Thomas, still waiting for a defense. They did have Cleveland on the roster. They didn't play them tonight, though, so they're going to need another defense there, and they're going with Chris Boswell as their kicker. Pelkey Pelkey, Patrick Mahomes, Sonny Michelle, Kalen Balaj, Tyreek Hill, Jarvis Landry, uh, Cook as a tight end, your boy Sutton, and Sanu as the flex position, and then the Chiefs defense against the Chargers, and Michael Badgley as the kicker for Pelkey Pelkey. Last but not least, Nuke took a Duke and Hayden Zeke. Yep, so Nuke took a Duke. Uh, it's projected to kind of – it's a pretty big projected blowout, but Nuke took a Duke. Derek Carr, uh, your start of the week, I believe, uh, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. I guess the Bungles, are you kidding me? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Marlon Mack, J.D. McKissick, I love that play this week. Ty Johnson might be playing, but I can't imagine he'll be in a uh, like prime workhorse, workhorse role. He has A.J. Green in. Like, please just drop A.J. Green. The man's not playing anymore this year. It's just, he's holding on to hope that's not there. John Brown, he'll get you your 11 points a week. Super consistent. Hunter Henry, David Montgomery, the Christian McCaffrey and the double flex. I love it. That's just like showboat right there. <laughs> uh, New Orleans, so they're guaranteed like four interceptions against Tampa Bay. Zane Gonzalez, who's actually been a really good fan, number two fantasy kicker on the season, probably just because Cardinals' offense sucks and can't put it in the end zone. Um, I'm trying, was AJ Green? He'll probably he only has Ted Ginn on this. He'll probably pick someone up. I'm assuming a lot of guys on by. For Hyden Zeke, he got the uh, Philip Rivers, which 
lines up to be an okay matchup, but so did last week, and we saw how that went. David Johnson, Frank Gore. I think Frank Gore might be a better play than David Johnson this week, even though it's sad to say. Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett, Marquise Brown, uh, Will Fuller, who I do not think is going to play. I think he's not projected zero, if I believe. Yeah, he was just limited in today's practice, so we'll see on that. Jets defense and Josh Nambo. He's got Aaron Jones on a bye. He's got Chris Carson on a bye. He has Wayne Goldman on a bye, even if he wanted to play him for the hurt, Saquon Barkley. Latavius Murray and Raquel Armstead, Zach Pascal, uh, all on the bench there. So he does have a nice roster, um, but this is a big opportunity for Nuke Tuka Duke to uh, get a big win here. And Hayden uh, Zeke, who's been playing really well uh, recently, um, just, you know, again, in the middle of the pack with myself. Uh, so hopefully we can um, get a little separation there. That is the week 10 recap of the TCK Pod Listener League and the week 11 preview. And again, we're in a week 11, we got week 12, we got week 13, and then it's playoff time. We have basically three weeks. If you're playing in a 16-week season, we have three weeks left to make moves, you know, whether that's waiver wire grabs, uh, whether that's, um, you know, dropping dead weight off of your rosters, picking up extra defenses, if that's your jam, picking up extra quarterbacks to stream, if that's your jam, start really looking ahead on the waiver wires. And, and this is the time of year where I'm personally okay, and Lucas, feel free to jump in. I'm personally okay with you withholding two, three quarterbacks, two, three defenses, um, you know, a bunch of handcuffs, uh, dropping that fifth receiver that you're thought you were going to play all season, but you're never going to play them anyway. Buys are over with. Get rid of that kind of stuff. Start cleaning out your roster. Even if you don't play the guys you're actually picking up right now, it's all about depth right now. You never know who's going to get hurt at any given week. Do you have anything to add, uh, Lucas, diving into the next couple of weeks in preparation for the playoffs? Once you're in the playoffs, it's kind of a totally different mentality, which we'll get to. But you need to get to the playoffs, and these three weeks are really that push. Yeah, I mean, I think I overanalyze it in terms of, like, really breaking down everything, and like, for my own teams. I think a big thing is, uh, like, obviously it was, like, the schedules, whole defenses, handcuffs. But I think a big thing is, like, cutting ties with, uh, like, the whole A.J. Green thing. I know, like, obviously he could still come back and play, but there's definitely a ton of players like that on rosters right now that I think people know are going to have no place on a roster come playoffs when you could be holding, like for me, I'd rather hold Madison than A.J. Green. Like, I mean, I don't know, just a scenario like that or another defense than A.J. Green. I think there's definitely look at what actually is going to help you uh, in the playoffs versus what holding upside, I guess you could say. Um, I think that's just a, another tip to throw out there. Cool. I totally agree. Uh, best of luck moving forward. Let's take a quick break here when we get back. Let's jump into some playoff schedules, both good and bad. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and of course, you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe leave a rating and review right here on the podcast wherever you're listening. We much, much appreciate your feedback. And finally, go visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings and Lucas's Start Sit article. Before we get into the second half of the episode, as we dive into our playoff matches, both plus and negative, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor's the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid 
to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's look ahead at the quarterbacks first. We're going to go through five to eight players at each position and really kind of teams, maybe player specific, uh, both with good to great playoff schedules. This is weeks 14, 15, and 16. We're not talking about week 17 on this episode anyway, and we're not talking about week 11, 12, and 13. This is specifically week 14, 15, and 16 with who we talk about and those matchups, just a heads up. We're going to talk about five to eight players and teams who have plus matchups heading into the playoffs and um, negative matchups as well that you may want to steer clear of. Maybe you could trade some of these guys away if you have depth, or maybe you want to steer clear of them on the waivers. Maybe you want to trade for some of these guys uh, who might not be super studs, but they might have a better option to be successful in the playoffs. Let's dive right into it, man. Let's start with the quarterback position. We have these teams laid out here. Um, and we'll mention it again at the, at the end of the podcast, because I think it's important. But right now, uh, Lucas, can you dive in quick and, and let them know what, where they can find this information for themselves and what exactly we're looking at here before we dive into it. Yeah. So on uh, tckpod.com, I just put all the, uh, it's a graphic of each team listed on the left side. So 32 teams with weeks 14, 15 and 16 laid out uh, in terms of well, like who they play and uh, it's color schemed really, like really, really dark green is super plus matchup. Really, really dark red is negative matchup. And it just kind of lays that out like next to each other just to show kind of a more eye-appealing way to look at matchups. Um, so it's on a blog post on the website. And if you want, you could just message Sky or on Twitter, whatever, on me, find me on Twitter, and I can send you these two as well, or I guess any week, really. I, I have access to this, breaking it down by, say you want weeks 12 through 14. I can do that as well. So just re- don't hesitate to reach out to Sky if you – uh, want more insight with these everybody knows the tck pod specific handles what is your personal handle uh for twitter oh gosh i think it's at caser underscore lucas i have to pull up instagram i haven't uh... and that's lucas with a k yep and, and yep and caser starts k-a-c-e-r and then for instagram it is uh all lowercase lucas caser zero four with no spaces boom got it Cool, man. Thank you for that. Let's dive right into it. We've got a number of teams here. Now, for the quarterback position specifically, we're not going to mention every single quarterback. For example, the Miami Dolphins technically have the best playoff schedule at the quarterback position. If you're in a 2QB league, then I highly recommend you do pick up and you do start Ryan Fitzpatrick, assuming he's still the starter at that point. If you're in a 1QB league, just because you see all this green – and they're playing plus matchups, which are the Jets, the Giants, and the Bungles, this is not an automatic play the player with the best matchup. Think about your whole situation here. So I'm not actually going to go talk about every single team. I'm going to talk about, especially with the quarterbacks and the tight ends where we have limited positions, we're going to talk about those guys that are probably the most likely uh, to be A, available, and B, um, you know, realistic starts for you. So I'll go over some easier matchups. And then when we pass over the hard stuff, I'll give it to Lucas on the other side. Some of the plus matchups that we're seeing here um, in order. So easiest to a bit more difficult here on the easy side, Nick Foles coming back for uh, the Jaguars. He does have the chargers in week 14, not the best matchup, but not terrible, but then he gets Oakland and he gets the Falcons, two of the best matchups you can ask for in your semifinals and the finals. Phillip Rivers gets those Jags, same matchup. Then he gets Minnesota, 
not as scary as they used to be. They can definitely be thrown on, and we know that uh, Phillip Rivers will try to throw on anybody, so that's a plus matchup there, and then he gets Oakland as well. Baker Mayfield looking to play a little bit better. He gets the Bungles first, then the Cardinals. Ravens, not a great matchup in your championship, but I like him in the first two. Brady, Jameis, and Kyle Allen all have nice matchups as well. A couple honorable mentions here for plus matchups for the quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill who gets Oakland, Houston, then the Saints, which I don't like at all in the championship, but you could use them for those first two weeks. And then Derek Carr, uh, who gets, um, let's see here. Oh, I just lost him. There they are. Tennessee Titans, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then those Chargers. So once again, Foles, Rivers, Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Kyle Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr have some of the easiest matchups at the quarterback position. Again, you can find all this information on our website. Lucas, please break down some of the more tough matchups that maybe we want to stick away from. Uh, yeah, so for the tough matchups, I guess the, we're just going to lay out the big one right now. Mahomes has the hardest schedule. And I know, to me, I feel like, I mean, I think we're both going to agree that you can't sit him. I'm not going to say you need to sit him. But to me, I think there, this, this brings more potential as to what you could do with him in terms of like trading him now or maybe moving him to someone that, I don't know, say that you are trading him to a lower end team that needs to make it into the playoffs and maybe you can snag one of these top guys like say Watson maybe, who has a really good schedule uh, with, besides the first week. But say you are a good team, you're locked in as a buy, you have Mahomes. If I were you, I would go swap Mahomes for Watson right now. You wouldn't have to worry about the schedule. That team would get into the playoffs, maybe, and then they would have a hard schedule. So it's just kind of a, uh, I guess, a scenario you could do with that. But so he has the 32nd hardest or the first or 32nd easiest first hardest. Let's just say the toughest. <laughs> yeah, toughest. There you go. Uh, second is Buffalo, which actually the the thing that's surprising about these is the ones that are tough are actually like kind of a big deal. Uh, whereas I think on the top side, it's not really, it's just like, eh, whatever, maybe I'll stream them. But I guess I'll just list out the bottom five uh, in order from toughest on down. Kansas City, so Mahomes, Buffalo, so Josh Allen, Rams, so Goff, Falcons, Matt Ryan, Saints, Drew Brees. And I mean, Maybe just because due to injury and all that stuff, but I think those are all definitely top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. I mean, obviously there's a couple that could be like on the fence, but they all um, are definitely locked in starters when healthy. Uh, so I think that is kind of, I mean, I guess to so say you're presented with this, Goff would probably be the only one maybe you could sit, but would you sit any of these guys based on a matchup for say, I don't know, so say week Week 14, must-win playoff, first first round of playoffs, would you play Mahomes or would you play, say, like a Kyle Allen or a Baker in Cincinnati or Atlanta? Um, I would play – so Mahomes gets New England in week 14. Correct. Um, man, we've seen him play pretty well against him. I'd probably play Mahomes. I don't see, I don't see a scenario in which I'm going to sit Mahomes unless – I've got somebody that I can trust that has a better matchup. And I, I mentioned this before we started recording. Last year in the League of Record, I went undefeated through the whole thing, and then I had the championship. And I literally spent a week researching <laughs> two players, Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield. I ended up playing Baker Mayfield in the championship game, and I fucking was terrified all day long, and it worked out. Sometimes you just have to do it. Now, Mahomes is a whole nother animal, dude. He just – he gets it done. If he's healthy and Tyreek's healthy, that's enough for me to start Mahomes against anybody. The only time I would sit him is if I had a plus matchup otherwise. However, Josh Allen gets Baltimore. Uh, Goff gets Seattle. Uh, Matt Ryan gets Carolina. Drew Brees gets San Francisco in week 14. All of those guys – I would look for a Baker Mayfield, a Phillip Rivers, maybe a Jameis Winston, Kyle Allen. I would definitely look into those, I think. Mahomes is Mahomes. Everybody else uh, that I just mentioned, I think, would be more of a look for an alternative if I can find one. Yeah, I think it's just – I don't know. It's just like a 
it's such a you want to trust the numbers scenario, but then yet again you're like, oh wait, it's still Mahomes type of like I mean for all five of these quarterbacks. And even so, if you kind of work it down to uh, okay, the Philadelphia one, I guess so. Philadelphia they have the seventh toughest, but I think it's a little inflated. They have the Giants, Redskins, and Dallas, which that's kind of weird. The Redskins are shaded red a little bit. Um, I don't know, but I just think, yeah, it just kind of brings up some concern or possibilities for other situations to, uh, I don't know, bring about on that, I guess you could say. Absolutely. A couple other names here. Um, Sam Donald, Wentz, Prescott, and Rogers. Uh, all those guys do not have plus matchups. They're all negative matchups. Again, we're not necessarily telling you to automatically sit uh, or trade them away. Like, you know, don't hit the panic button. This is just the awareness of what are plus matchups and what are negative matchups in the next three weeks. So you have a couple of weeks to uh, prepare for them. So again, for the quarterbacks, we have Foles, Rivers, uh, Baker, Brady, Jameis, Kyle Allen, Tannehill, and Carr with plus matchups for the quarterbacks. Difficult matchups, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Goff, Breeze, Ryan, Darnold, Wentz, Prescott, and Rodgers. Again, all this information on our website, tckpod.com. Let's jump into the running back side. Plus matchups for the running backs. I'm going to do more teams, I think, first off here, and then we'll break down individual players as we go along. The best running back schedules are New England, Chicago, Denver, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Seattle, Miami, Washington, New York, Philadelphia, and Oakland. Dalvin Cook and uh, Madison, I think, can be plus matchups for the Vikings. Chris Carson, of course, uh, he does get the Rams in 14, but he's got Carolina who you can run on and then Arizona in your championship there. Um, and then we have the Philadelphia running backs as well. And Josh Jacobs has one of the better matchups there. And then um, Baltimore, too, except for uh, Cleveland in the championship game, but not a horrendous matchup. Um there. So those are some of the better matchups for the running backs. Lucas, take us through some of the more difficult and the toughest uh, running back schedules. And again, you're not even necessarily like, for example, the Lions have the, the toughest schedule for running backs. I'm not even sure we know who the running back is for the Lions. So disregard if, it's, if it doesn't matter per se, um, but this is definitely something to consider. So Lucas, take us through, uh, you know, five to eight of the toughest running back matchups come playoff time. Yeah, I think before I get into that, I, the one thing I need to say for like the easier schedules is you also need to take into account how the game script is going to be for those teams. Uh, so for example, New England, they have a ton of running backs, right? They play Kansas City week 14. And however, that does seem like a good game script for Sony Michelle. Uh, or not a good game script, a good matchup for Sonny Michelle. The game script will actually uh, favor James White, if that makes sense, as Kansas City is able to return the favor and points scored, keeping it close, keeping it more of an upbeat game style, That which we all know Sonny Michelle is not that. So I think you kind of need to look at, you see the matchup and then think about how that game is going to go or how it should go in terms of uh, committee backfields, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that's a great call. Yep. Uh, so I think that's just one thing to point out there. And also look at like home or away games, uh, like the spreads when it comes to those games, just different things like that, that all go into that decision. Uh, looking at the uh, the bottom half of the tough schedules, Detroit, like Sky said, was the hardest one. However, I think this, if McKissick is kind of still the pass catching back at this time, as we'll highlight in wide receivers, I think he'll be okay flex play uh, if it comes to that or a deeper league, he should be fine. Buffalo has Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. I mean, I don't know. Who's really, yeah, I don't really know who's, who's like banking on a Buffalo running back right now uh, to lead them to a championship. But if Singletary takes the work over by then, eh, I'm just, I kind of have some pause. But you should have other running backs on your team uh, that you can worry, that you don't have to worry about as much. The one that I think sticks out to me actually is Indianapolis with Marlon Mack. They have Tampa Bay and New Orleans. New Orleans, the two toughest, like presumably run funnel defenses in the league. And like, I don't know who else you would, because I mean, Marlon Mack was like a third round pick. So unless you got lucky, or by then there could definitely be other waivers, but unless you got lucky with 
I, I don't even know if there was like a good running back waiver ad this year. Really, like an Eckler, maybe like out of but. I just don't – there's not very – there's not much room for pivoting off a third-round pick, which is kind of just putting teams in a tough spot for the first three rounds of playoffs. It's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see some of these top running backs start to slip a little bit come playoff time because of the schedule. I agree with you. Marlon Mack is definitely one that sticks out to me. Um, and, you know, we don't know what's going on in, in uh, Arizona right now, but that's not looking good either. And – uh you know, also with those, uh, the Chargers schedule doesn't look amazing either. Yeah, I think, uh, like to highlight in Arizona, I think Kingsbury is definitely a good enough coach to see that and re- just completely flip it to a passing game script. Like, I think this, but I think for Indianapolis, you think about weeks 14, 15, 16, like they're going to be battling for a playoff spot. And if they're not going to be able to run the ball, the thing that they like want to do in that offense, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of scary, I think, especially uh, in must-win games is the playoffs. Other ones, uh, Indianapolis, Tennessee, but I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Henry as matchup proof just because he's going to get the goal line work. Uh, so you shouldn't – I mean, he's not going to put up the 38 points that he's putting up against, like, Kansas City and stuff, but I think he'll definitely be okay as an RB2. Houston, but you're kind of indecisive there with running back. Uh, you're 49ers, but they have, like, 20 running backs on the roster, so they should be okay. Arizona, Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City, New Orleans, all with uh, difficult matchups come playoff time. Let's go to the receivers. Receivers easiest, Detroit. So Detroit has the toughest running back schedule. They have the easiest wide receiver schedule come playoff time. They get Minnesota, not amazing, but beatable. Tampa Bay, who is the worst, I just mentioned, 32nd against the pass. And then the Denver Broncos, outside of Chris Harris, um, you know, which he'll probably be on Thielen if he's healthy by that time. Thielen, I think, can beat on some one-on-ones, and maybe uh, Stephon Diggs will become a receiver again by that time, and he should be able to beat deep. So I think uh, – or I'm sorry, I'm talking about the Vikings. I apologize. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, I think, will be just fine there. And, and uh, we'll see if Matt Stafford comes back, though, because if Matt Stafford's out – for significant amount of time with another fracture in his back from last year, uh, then he will, you know, this will definitely change. But the Lions have the number one schedule. The Colts have the number two schedule. Again, looks really good, but if you don't have T.Y., might be a little bit different there. Miami, not super excited about that either. Houston, now we're talking. Uh, Nuke, Will Fuller's looks to be coming back eventually. Um they can spread the ball out a little bit more and they get Denver up, uh, up front, which I don't like, but then they get Tennessee and then they get Tampa Bay. Love that a lot in the championship game. New Hopkins versus Tampa Bay in the championship. Whoa. Liking that a lot. Jacksonville, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and the Giants all have plus schedules. Not a ton of high profile receivers in that mix um, getting plus matchups in the fantasy playoffs. And that's because most of the high profile receivers here. right now, they're in, they're in the bottom. Lucas, take us through those guys. Yeah, so the first – or, like, the, the toughest is the Rams. However, I don't think – they're down on the toughest because the Niners are the most, the most red, if you want to say. However, I think – I don't want to say your Niners are, like, slipping in a sense because they're not slipping. But you kind of have to look at it as, like, the New England scenario. They just didn't really play, like, that tough of passing offenses – I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson's a lot better than Jared Goff, but to an extent, they still kind of run sort of the same offense. So I think you're going to be fine there in week 16 if you make it with uh, Cooper Cup or, oh gosh, if you make it with Woods, you're a trooper and you did a good job this year. <laughs> but uh, Chicago, yeah, Allen Robinson, you're playing him. He's matchup proof, but ugh, I, yeah, you don't want Trubisky he, playing. He, he Allen Robinson personally is matchup proof. Oh, yeah. Playing him in fantasy is not matchup proof. Yeah, I think it's – but, like, who – I don't think any of those corners he's going to see in weeks – Dallas, Green Bay, and – okay, Kansas City's also shaded red. And Nick uh, has been highlighting this a lot, that Kansas City's corners play, like, elite at home. And then on the road, they just don't play. They just don't translate that over for some reason. I don't know why. But it's – it's been sticking, so I don't know if that game's at home or away, but uh, it's not a – I mean, it's probably not a good matchup, but that should be a negative game script. So, you got to look at that. Um, 
kind of the reverse of the running back scenario. You want negative game scripts for a lot of these. And then Kansas City, but uh, I'm, I'm, I think Tyreek's matchup proof. I don't know what you think on that. Yeah, I absolutely think he is. I mean, there's yeah. nobody that can hang with him. That's for sure. It's no. just a matter of beating him at the line of scrimmage, which doesn't really work anyway. Yeah, I think uh, New Orleans is the next one. I don't want to say Thomas is matchup proof, but he sees so much work anyways. He'll be okay. Uh, and that one, I think that, like, ranking's a little inflated by the Niners at first because then he has Indianapolis and Tennessee, which they're hard defenses, but if I don't think any of those corners can really shadow them like they want to. Uh, Atlanta starts off with Carolina, so an average matchup. I guess we'll see this week what that matchup's going to entail. San Francisco and Jacksonville. So it's just kind of like a, the one tough matchup in week 15, but you got to play Julio. Uh, next is Dallas. Cooper, who knows if he'll be healthy then. And then Michael Gallup there as well. And then New England. Uh, Edelman's, I think he's kind of matchup proof as well. I agree. But guys like Sanu, uh, maybe Dorsett at the time, who knows. But I think like I mentioned, I think this only helps James White because I know Belichick's a genius. He will – I think he'll let Sanu know if he's going to be a decoy for the game. I think Sanu's just going to say okay. Like, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the points allowed for the position. They're like, Sanu, how about this, dude? We'll let you win a Super Bowl if you just don't fucking catch any passes in the playoffs. He'll be like, yeah, down. I think it's, like a, like, I think it's actually a thing, though. Like, I mean, yeah, I no, think, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think it definitely is. So it's – I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen in this game because who knows. They might have the one seed locked in that game, but I think he'll definitely be okay. It's all about game plan, man. All right. And then, uh, you know, guys like Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, you know, you're not going to sit them, obviously. We're bringing this up, and what I'm learning through this process is it's less about a start-sit those guys during the playoffs, those, like, elite options, okay? It's more about – like think about just in your head, if you have Michael Thomas, think about what you could trade for if you exactly. traded away Michael Thomas. Exactly. I mean, if you're able to flip a stud running back and you need one or two stud receivers or I don't know, Lamar Jackson, if you have no quarterback and you have five awesome receivers, something ridiculous, consider it because of the playoffs. Michael Thomas is not going to throw up zeros in the playoffs. But if you can get two or three weapons or a stud running back in his place who has plus matchups instead, that's the type of shit that wins people fantasy championships. And you start putting out those trades in week 11 or 12 when people aren't paying attention as much as we do. And you throw out a Michael Thomas for like two guys and are like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Make that trade, right? Make that swap. Maybe you drop a game, but you're already at the top looking at playoffs. Anyway, come playoff season, that shit will come back around. I promise you. So, that's more of what we're talking about with some of these guys. Not You're not going to not play Michael Thomas. It's more of could you look ahead and maybe make a move considering those guys. Top best playoff matchups for receivers, Detroit, Indianapolis, Miami, Houston, Jacksonville, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Giants, Chargers, Bungles, Titans, and Ravens. Not a lot of sexy matchups with playoffs there, but um, that's what we got for the receivers. On the back end is where you need to really pay attention. Uh, for the negative matchups with the Rams, the Bears, the Chiefs, the Saints, Falcons, Cowboys, Patriots, Bills, Raiders, and the Vikings. Make a move if you need to there. Let's go over the tight ends and the uh, the tight ends and the defenses, and we will uh, get out of here for this episode. And again, you can find all of this information on our website. Shout out to Lucas for all the work there. Top tight end uh, matchups here. Cleveland Browns, right off the bat. The Bungles, the Cardinals, and the Ravens. Real nice there. Pittsburgh, Arizona, Buffalo, Jets, Miami, Jets, Giants, Bengals, and uh, the Vikings, Detroit, um, Chargers, and then the Packers. Unfortunately, again, none of those teams are really tight end teams. So a lot of these plus matchups, unfortunately, we're not going to see a huge uh, uptick in those. However, when we turn the, when we turn around and Lucas is really getting the spotlight on the segment here, when we look at the negative matchups, uh, the toughest matchups come in the playoffs, that's when a lot of these studs are going to potentially hit a wall. So 
Lucas, take us through some of those tight ends who are going to be going up against more difficult challenges come playoff time. Yeah, uh, before we get into that, I can't believe I missed this, but David Njoku has the easiest playoff schedule, and he comes back week 12. So that's just kind of a take it for what you want. But if you want to go stash him right now, and if you have an IR spot, I'm pretty sure you could toss him on there. I guess I'd completely like threw that out of the window. I uh, just kind of forgot about it there. So I love that. Also, Ricky Seals-Jones has not completely disappeared for Cleveland, and he's had some big games as well. So yeah. I, I do like Cleveland there. You know, Vance McDonald, sure. Mike Kosicki, sure. Rudolph, sure. Uh, Fells, maybe. You know, um, Hawkinson. I mean, like, there's names. It's just, are you going to be super confident with those guys? I guess it's a tight end position. Yeah. That's the best we got. So you're streaming those guys anyway. The big guys, you know. Kelsey and and we're gonna get into those some of those bigger names. Yeah. That's who have the negative matchups. Yeah, so uh, kind of I mean it makes sense. The hardest passing schedule translates into the hardest tight end schedule. Travis Kelsey. Um, normally I would say matchup proof, but as we highlighted uh, what two days ago with Zach Ertz and the Patriots, and I guess we'll see this weekend how that translates. I uh, to me I think the best player for the Patriots to take away is Tyreek like no doubt but I I think Belichick knows to not mess with that if that kind of makes sense I think he'll he knows if he takes away Kelsey he's already taken away a huge part of this offense that well shoot even if both of these are clicking they lost to the Titans last week so I mean I think it's more of a you can't sit Kelsey but you definitely like we said you can go flip him right now for Oh gosh, none of them really have like appealing playoff matchups. But not most people in home leagues, especially, are not a even thinking about playoffs yet. B giving a shit enough to be looking at schedules. Here if you're go, looking yeah. in like the TCK Pod listener league, people who give a shit about this as much as we do, they're looking ahead. They're listening to this episode as well, but they're looking ahead and they're paying attention. So when you give me a trade. I'm going to be like, oh, man, that looks really sexy. Why would he do that? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go do some research and be like, oh, well, yeah, Travis Kelsey's a beast. Can I take the risk of having the worst matchup in the fantasy playoffs? It's still Travis Kelsey. I'm probably cool with it. But if not, then that's what I'm going to look at. Most home league people are going to be like, Travis Kelsey, absolutely. What do you want? And that's what we're saying. You can make a move maybe. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I was just looking as you were talking. Baltimore has Buffalo week one, which their defense has been spotty all year. And Andrews is the wide receiver and tight end one of this team. So you could possibly – he has Buffalo, Jets, Cleveland. You could possibly work something out there to – like, I mean, honestly, Andrews has been just as good as Kelsey has been this year. Like, I, I don't think we have Kelsey's – like two touchdown games. I don't like, I just don't think those are there anymore in a sense. Um, so there's definitely guys you can flip them for, or, or I'm trying to think, or like the Chargers, Hunter Henry's in the top, ooh, count real quick, seven for strength of schedule. And obviously this could change by the time we talk, like by the time week 14 comes too. So I guess we can keep updating it too. And maybe like check in weekly or something on this, if anything changes. I think, I think we should because injuries and matchups are definitely going to change a little bit. But overall, this information on this episode is accurate moving forward. But you're right. We are talking three weeks in advance. Shit, somebody gets hurt or things change up. I mean, a lot can change. So I think we will update that. And maybe maybe we'll do the same episode in a kind of a more abridged version come week like 13 as we prep for the playoffs for those still uh, active. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess I don't even go into the rest. Kelsey, the hardest, uh, Denver, but I think Fant might become more of a uh, streaming option um, the upcoming weeks just with the work he's been seeing, but I definitely don't think I'd have any faith playing him uh, in the playoffs with the hard matchup. Tampa Bay, uh, O.J. Howard, gross. I don't think you'd want to play him either. New Orleans, Jared Cook. However, I think there's some give on that just because he's like the third option on this offense. So I think there'd be – you might be okay with him at the point, uh, the Giants, but who knows if Ingram will be back. So that's why I think we will probably check in more uh, closer to playoffs just to see what is going on there. The Falcons have a hard matchup uh, the first two weeks. I think Austin Hooper is supposed to come back maybe week 15. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong if you know, but I don't, I, think, I don't think I would be planning on waiting for Hooper, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it says he'll be out about a month, which would be week 15, week 16. But again, you know, I mentioned last podcast that I don't want to drop him yet because I'm not sure. And, and he's such a dominant force at the tight end position. But if you have extra people or you need that spot, then obviously you're not going to hold on to somebody for a month and be dead weight. Uh, if you have an IR spot, obviously, then you got to stash him. But uh, like I said, there's definitely a point where you drop uh, I don't want to say emotional attachments, but attachments to uh, players that are not benefiting you in the playoffs. Um, so this definitely could be one of those. My man Kittle, I, I'm going to go out and say Kittle is matchup proof. I don't, I don't, I, dude, absolutely beast. I, I don't even care because who, who knows if Sanders is even going to be healthy at that time. Uh, I don't even care if he has a. I don't even care if he plays the Patriots. He'll still go off. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Graham, please don't play him in the playoffs your Eagles, but yet again, I mean, they've also had their bad games, but I think you definitely don't want to sit Ertz and, you know, we'll see about Goddard at that time. Maybe he'll have taken over the job, I guess. Um, yeah. And again, about it. again, same, same response to the receivers. Uh, Ertz, Kelsey, um, Hooper, if he's healthy, Kittle, uh, these guys who are the cream of the crop, you're not sitting. So it's not a discussion of do I sit this guy. It's a discussion of are there other options out there that I can move a piece around, right? If I have Kelsey, who I drafted in the first round, and I picked up Darren Waller or Jacob Hollister on accident halfway through the season, and they're also crushing it, and they have super plus matchups in the playoffs and a similar floor or ceiling to Travis Kelsey – I might be able to look at my receivers or my running backs and be like, damn, I got a hole there. Maybe I can move Kelsey, who's obviously got far more, you know, um, value than, than uh, you know, Hollister, for example. Uh, so maybe you can pull a decent RB2 or a low-end RB1 and make a move that way, right? So we're just mentioning the plus matchup so you can really start to target those guys in trades. Maybe some of these guys are still on waivers when you talk about tight ends and, and uh, quarterbacks. A lot of the studs, though, in wide receiver and tight end specifically are in negative matchups, and it matters. During the fantasy season in the duration from week 1 to 13, you don't really worry about it. It's one week, even if your guy gets shelled. Cooper Cup had fucking zero points, zero catches. Shit happens. Mike, Mike Evans pulled one this year. Would you ever think about not playing Cooper Cup or Mike Evans? Absolutely not. In the playoffs, though, sometimes that shit matters and you need to make a – Real tough gut call there. So I dig it. All right. Uh, quick recap there. We'll just blaze through the t- uh, the defenses here in a second. Plus matchups for the tight end position. Browns, Steelers, Dolphins, Vikings, Texans, Lions, Seahawks, Chargers, Colts, Bears, and Raiders. Negative matchups. The toughest matchups for the tight ends. Come uh, 14, 15, and 16. Chiefs, Broncos, Bucks. Saints, Giants, Falcons, Niners, Packers, and Eagles. Let's jump over the defensive side really quick, man, and we'll uh, finish up here. Defensive plus matchups. Again, you're not necessarily going out to automatically play this defense because if the defense is shitty, even if they have a plus matchup, don't play the defense. However, we're going to talk about a couple of these good defenses with negative matchups. Maybe you're still going to play those defenses. So plus Matchups, better schedules in the defensive category. Dolphins, Eagles, Texans, Giants, Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Raiders, 49ers. Of those, my favorite are going to be the Eagles, who get the Giants, who could be Saquon-less. We don't know yet. Evan Ingram could be done. Sterling Shepard may not come back either. Daniel Jones can't do it by himself. They also get the uh, Redskins. And they get Dallas, which is not the best in the championship, but you could stream somebody else there. I also really like the um, Steelers, who get the Cardinals, the Bills, and the Jets. And I also like the uh, Baltimore matchups with Buffalo, New York Jets, and the Cleveland Browns, and then the Raiders, actually, with the Titans, um, Chargers, and um, Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Raiders have been playing a little bit uh, better there. Washington does get the Giants um, in week 17, which might be might be a nice uh, move off there. So those are the plus matchups, negative matchups for the defenses. Lucas, go for it. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to – I'm just going to get a little, get a little uh, advice here. Uh, I have found the ultimate 
defense stack that I've stashed in my main league, and I kind of stashed in the TCK league. Uh, the Eagles defense, which I know they are not rostered, right? Okay, they might be rostered. Someone looked ahead. Eagles defense, no one's playing them, probably not rostering them uh, against the Patriots this week. Go pick them up. Go stash them. And if you somehow have the Patriots defense, that combination would get you Giants, Washington. Oh, I can't even find the Patriots right now. And the Bills. Like, I mean, I don't know. I have that in my other league. And then I think in – I think another one could also be the Steelers. After this week, if nothing changes, uh, they aren't doing that great. Someone might drop them uh, and just be a little mad, I guess you could say. But definitely, <laughs> definitely, like, like this, this matters right here, I think. Like, especially this year, like, the Patriots, I think, proved that defenses are the worst thing that's happened to fantasy football. They just changed the game so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're, I mean, like, I personally don't like using them, but if, I mean, I'm not going to like not try when it comes to them because it's part of the league. So I think definitely look ahead. And like you mentioned earlier, there's no point of having that fourth receiver on your roster if you're never going to play them when you can go stash. I might sound dumb, but just go stash the Dolphins defense. Like, they could be your best option come fan- playoffs, and they could win you. It could they could get a stupid defensive touchdown against, I don't know, Darnold, Ryan Finley could be calling Kaepernick at the time, and Daniel Jones, and you'd win the the championship. Like just dumb stuff like that, but it I mean it matters. I totally agree. It's odd looking at how many of like the the cream of the crop players in fantasy football up to this point have some of the worst schedules come playoff time. And it's really, really important you look ahead and you pull some of those audibles. So uh, let's end it up here with a handful of uh, toughest matchups for defenses. Yeah, and I think this kind of, like, it's not, defenses are the thing where you can just drop them in a bad matchup and no one's going to play them. Uh, so the, the worst or the hardest uh, matchups, Chicago gets Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, I'm going to argue that it's probably the three best offenses in the, league, in the league, so don't bank on them to do what they did last season. The Chargers get uh, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Oakland. Those are kind of red, but, I mean, if that's like your last resort, it's probably not an awful option uh, going against Foles, Cousins, and Derek Carr. Tennessee has Oakland, Houston, New Orleans. Stay away from them. Minnesota has Detroit. Uh, Chargers and Green Bay. Let's stay away from them too. The Rams, you probably weren't going to play them anyways, but they got Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. Denver is a surprising one. Uh, not surprising one. It's kind of a, I guess, like Debbie Downer, I guess you could say, because they're playing good as of late, but they have Houston, Kansas City, and Detroit, so stay away from them. And then other ones like Atlanta, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Tampa Bay all have tough matchups. Man, it's uh... – it's crazy looking at these schedules. I've been I've been kind of looking ahead at, at playoff schedules for years playing fantasy football and made some pretty awesome moves, and I've also played some terrible ones um, just based on schedules alone. So schedules do not mean everything, but they're definitely something to have in your back pocket and something to use. Again, we're doing this week 11 on purpose. Uh, we're going to do it probably again in week 13 um, with an abridged version and updates and stuff like that, but – we're doing it right now because this gives you the the edge up on your league um, to go make a move ahead of time and go talk yourself into some quality trades, knowing this information uh, that most of the players in your league probably don't. And even if they look ahead on whatever Avenue you look at and they see Yahoo's ranking versus ESPN's ranking versus CBS's ranking, the, all those numbers are different. And it's going to be important that you, uh, you know, really pay attention to think about the matchups and things like that as far as you can. So to recap the defenses, the plus matchups for the defenses, defenses you may want to target come playoff time, Dolphins, Eagles, Texans, Giants, Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Raiders, 49ers, toughest matchups, Bears, Chargers, Titans, Vikings, Rams, Broncos, Falcons, Jags, Buffalo Bills. Any final notes on schedules, Lucas? If not, please remind everybody where they can find all of these rankings and all of these uh, schedule breakdowns. Yeah, I think it's about all I got for just in terms of schedules. But uh, like I said, on TCK Pod, 
com. I just posted on like a general blog post uh, under the blog tab where all the starts of the week articles are. Uh, it's just all of these listed, um, which uh, what I, actually what I'll probably do is make a new tab and I'll update these weekly now that I think about it because this is kind of important stuff and maybe just highlight uh, here and there like changes and whatnot. Uh, but like I said, you can reach out to either one of us and I can, if you just give me your email type thing, I can just sort out any weeks and then just email them back to you or anything, but we're more than glad to help with any decisions you have. Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head, man. Best of luck in week 11 to everybody. Remember the Seahawks, Packers, Titans, and Giants are all on by. Get those fools out your roster. Uh, make sure, hopefully, you already had your Thursday night players out of your flex position. Make sure you have your Sunday and Monday night players in your flex positions as you go through the rest of your roster. Make sure you check on the game day alerts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram primarily on game day Sunday mornings uh, when I'm updating injuries and actives and inactives. And that's at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. You'll hear the rest of our links and where you can connect with us in the outro per always Lucas, always a pleasure, brother. Uh, best of luck in week 11 and go Niners. Go Broncos. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod and Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And make sure to check out our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. We also just added our playoff rankings and our playoff scheduling for plus and negative matchups. Make sure you go check that out and lead to our trade deadlines and also uh, waiver pickups for extra defenses, quarterbacks, streamers, etc. If you've gained any value from this episode, you know what to do. Please subscribe, leave a rate and review for the podcast wherever you're listening and give us a like and a follow on social medias. It really makes a difference for us. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.